The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network. During current restrictions, don't ignore your health concerns. Our expert team is ready to help. Well, now I'm joined by Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry in Trinity College in Dublin. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Pat. Now, it's good to see you in the flesh Great after you, uh, so Great long. <laughs> but right. let's get to it. Um, there's been a lot of talk over the weekend of MOL. What is yeah, who Mal. or what is Mal? Well, it'll be the biggest name. Watch for it's pronounced Molnupiravir. It's a horrible mouthful. Molnupiravir, a drug by Merck, the company. And guess what? This is the one they're looking for: antiviral. And as you may remember, they've been looking for antivirals to kill the virus anyway, as well as well as vaccines. Huge effort to find antiviral. Remdesivir was the first one that came along. This beats Remdesivir into a cocked hat, basically fifty percent decrease in hospitalisation, which is an amazing thing. Yeah. So it just shows you this could be the one. Now again, it's the usual. Thing thing of it's a press release but uh, they got so excited Pat that they stopped the trial halfway through because it would be unethical to continue because it was working in the trial tri- if a drug works in a trial sometimes they go it's not, it's not ethical anymore stop it it's working you know? oh, okay so, so you had a number of people the same number of people who were vulnerable because they had COVID and they weren't given it yep. and then the same number of people were given yep. it and the results for the, the people who were given it were dramatic were so dramatic it would be unethical to continue the trial in other words this works basically so we, give, we give the others it quick Give you a quick exactly that. Yeah, they, they'd planned to recruit another 750 people, didn't need to because the statistics and the effect was so dramatic. And it was remarkable numbers, Pat, in a sense. It's four times a day, you take a tablet. Uh, they gave it to people who were high risk anyway, like diabetes, heart disease, over 60s were in the trial. And they have the right of hospitalisation and no deaths at all in the treated group. So, and the mechanism is clear it stops, it stops replication. So the virus can't divide. If you take these tablets, the virus can't divide anymore. Yeah. Two consequences. One is uh, you won't get sick obviously but secondly you won't spread it because the virus is being killed you see in your body so it stops transmission as well so it's kind of a double whammy Can the virus in time find its way around this? Unlikely yes yeah, good question unlikely now remember we treat HIV AIDS with an antiviral hepatitis C we use an there's no vaccines for that we never discovered a vaccine for AIDS, yeah. AIDS still they're just managed with antivirals and, and, and there's no evidence of escape from those it's such a profound dramatic drug you can't escape it is the idea here so in other words we shouldn't see resistance mm. building up which is great You've drawn my attention to a family, the Kelly family um, who were in uh, Seattle. Yeah, yeah, they gave a great example of one person, Miranda Kelly who was a diabetic, high blood pressure, caught COVID-19, onto the trial, you know, and she was getting quite sick her husband caught it off her she began the course within a week most of her symptoms had gone and then within two weeks she was clear of it you see so, and they broke the seal on that and she was given the active ingredient is the way to think of it she was worried because she'd five kids if both yeah. her, hus- her and her husband get really sick you know then they'd be in big trouble obviously enough but there was one one case in, in the set that were treated you see now, again it's anecdotal but, but that was a very dramatic effect you know on, on that single patient Now tell me how expensive are antivirals because the, the treatments at the moment you mentioned remdesivir uh, we also have these uh, monoclonal antibodies yeah. which are expensive so what about the Merck pill mall? Cheap should be cheap well, we don't know either but, but, but it should be cheap these are very cheap to make these tablets I mean they're like any, any drug you can make anyway you know and there'll be pressure on Merck to make it really cheap and by the way the Biden administration had given 3.2 billion dollars towards discovering this kind of drug some of that went to Merck you know, to help them develop it you see so so it'll be very very cheap they're very, now, now Merck are asking for emergency use immediately they've gone to yep. the FDA right now and given them all their data 
saying, look, this is a fantastic thing. The FDA will now review it. Safety first, of course, all those things you will look at closely. And if they get emergency use, it'll be launched very quickly. Uh, Merck are already scaling up production. They're making 10 million doses as we speak, you see, to begin getting the drug out. Yeah. Now, again, we wait for the FDA because they'll have the final decision because regulation is so important. But it's heading in the right direction, basically. Which is now, I, I mentioned that the shares in Moderna and Pfizer, BioNTech, uh, have fallen so it seems that Americans would prefer to take a pill to cure it rather than prevent it in the first place. Well, if you're a vaccine maker, you might go, hang on a minute, we're in trouble now, it's competition. <laughs> That's the first thing. And of course, the stock market would respond to competition. And the numbers are amazing. So Merck's value went up $20 billion with the announcement. Isn't that incredible? The value of the company went up, whereas Moderna fell $15 billion. And clearly what's happening there is if, if this antiviral is so effective, there'll be less need for a vaccine is one argument. Now, by the way, we don't want to stop the vaccination campaign by any means. But if you have an antiviral, you can take in your house as a few tablets you see then that's a, another alternative so it's a competitor if you like to vaccines hence yeah. the value but of Merck would, would goes it be up better to eliminate COVID through mass vaccination well it would yeah you've got to watch this now you don't want to let this replace the vaccine for instance but the other Regeneron fell by 8.1% because they, they've got the antibody therapy this would be a very effective competition against that what if it's cheaper easier to use you'll be using the, the, the tablet over the injectable that kind of thing so, so the commercial yeah. world responds to these announcements very uh, dramatically how, you've got your own lab how quickly can people attempt to copy what Merck have done? Because they understand the technique now. Yeah, yeah. well, they can't. Uh, Merck own that drug. They've got 20 years patent protection. On no, that but could you make, uh, you know, a similar one? Well, you can make it look alike. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. That'll be happening next. But Merck will probably be so clever, but they'll protect all the chemistry. So this molecule is a chemical structure. They'll, they'll protect what's called all that chemical space. They'll protect really. So it'll be very, yeah. very hard to break into Merck's achievement here. And obviously, now, by the way, Pat, I, let me give a shout out to the universities. It was discovered in Emory University in Atlanta, this drug. So again, an example of a university making yeah. a discovery, licensing it to Merck, and now Merck development. And a company called Ridgeback, let's mention them. They're collaborating with Merck. Husband and wife team founded a company called Ridgeback. They got it from Emory and now they gave it on to Merck. So it's, it's three separate groups involved. But Merck had the firepower, of course, to make enough to do the big trials, you see. Sure. Well, let's hope it's available uh, very cheaply and therefore will be an effective treatment. Now, um, vaccines, though, have an, a secondary use, it turns out, in terms of long COVID. They do. We've been waiting for this. And so there was evidence that um, if you have long COVID and you get vaccinated, some of the symptoms are relieved. And that was kind of anecdotal. And more and more evidence supports this. But it's amazing. More and more studies coming out. A big study from France just came out as well. Uh, they compared people with long COVID and then they got the vaccine versus, again, a control group. And they have uh, the symptomology of long COVID in the people who took the vaccine, which is tremendous. And, and again, good statistics there, you see. And again, it was, uh, they, they followed them for 120 days. And again, a twofold decrease rate of symptoms, uh, severe uh, long COVID were gone as well, which is fantastic. People's lives basically came yeah. back, they said. Now, again, it wasn't everybody. Not, not everybody responded to the vaccine in a positive way, but there was clear evidence that the vaccine was giving relief to the symptoms of long COVID. So again, it's, it's kind of scientifically now sound to say vaccination might work in that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harking back to Mall quickly, a question from uh, one of our texters. Uh, any side effects to Mall that we know about yet? That's a really important question. Now, Merck have all that data, so they'll give that to the FDA. But so far, so good. Well, again, we only have the press release to go on, of course. Uh, but at the moment, it looks as if it's looking really good. You know, But again, the FDA's job is to dig into this massive file of data and make sure there aren't side effects. A question for you about Israel's decision to cancel people's certification of vaccination unless they get a third jab. Yeah, that's it. Israel are ahead of the game, this in many ways. I mean, they've been following the issue of waning 
ahead of everybody else in a sense. And now they're doing that. Only, I think it's five months post-vaccination. Yep. You've got to get a third shot. Otherwise, your certificate expires. Isn't that amazing? Now, it's a bit aggressive because if you're under 60, there's not much evidence of waning. You know, it's in the over 60 group that should be considered a concern about in a sense. But Israel are going, going for it, basically. They're trying to get that third shot into everybody over 12 in Israel. And one incentive is to cancel your, your vaccine okay. search. So that, that's the that decided to do that. Now, should we go to see No Time to Die in the cinema or would yeah. that lead to us dying? Well, well indeed, yeah. Big study. Well, yeah, this one's good. The cinema, is it safe, is the question. And good news, most cinemas are pretty safe. One reason is ventilation's great in them. They've got high ceilings, you see, and, and there's evidence of good circulation, at least in most cinemas, that the air is circulating. One thing Pat I saw was um, if you go to the cinema in England, 300 people in a room, one or two will be positive for the virus based yeah. on how it's spreading, you know. So you know you probably will remotely come across someone who's infected shall we say but the, but the uh, mitigation is the ventilation one piece of advice but is don't all go to the toilet at the same time <laughs> it said wait till there's a lull in the movie and then go to the toilet yeah. instead of everybody at the end often goes to the toilet you see as you may remember yourself go to the cinema but that, that's a bad thing because crowds are gathering in the toilet and that's a risky thing so but in general it looks as if cinemas are pretty safe places which is, which is good news um, a question here I'm a very mature student currently attending university sadly the university's policy is very lax regarding COVID-19 empty hand sanitizers, lack of replenishing antibacterial wipes for your desk and certainly no social distancing. They are relying on the vaccine working as a barrier and most definitely uh, some of the students are not vaccinated. I am on the cusp of deferring. How safe am I? That's a bit disturbing. Yeah, I mean, universities should be following mitigation measures like everybody yeah. else in a sense. You know, so just keep an eye on that one. I mean, it's probably true that the vast majority of people in university are vaccinated now. It's a good thing, you know. Obviously enough, that's the main thing. But still, we still need to keep up with these uh, these measures, especially as we come to, come to the winter, because we'll see more spread in the winter, you see. So I'd, I'd worry about that. Now, there's a whole ethical debate going on internationally about uh, people who are in situations where they'll come in contact with the vulnerable, be it in healthcare or other situations. And, you know, in Australia, they're saying construction workers are going to have to be vaccinated uh, or else they don't get to work. Uh, healthcare workers being sent home in other jurisdictions, not being paid or even fired. Um, it's what, what's your take on, you know, the vaccine is supposed to give us a, yep. a bonus. But for those who chose to be vaccinated, where's the bonus if everything's been done to defer to the unvaccinated. It's a mystery to me, Pat, how healthcare workers aren't vaccinated. You think they'd be in the know, wouldn't you, in a sense? You know, so, so again, it's information. It's trying to get get them to get the vaccine, basically. Mandating vaccination is always a bit tricky for all kinds of reasons. But in a healthcare setting, you'd want your healthcare worker to be vaccinated. Because if you end up in hospital, you're vulnerable anyway. You know, and if you pick up the virus off them, then, then you may well get very, very sick. And remember, the vaccines are stopping transmission. People, I've often heard, oh, look, if you're vaccinated, you can still grow on your nose. There's less virus for less time in vaccinated yeah. people. So therefore, you know, it's the best thing to do is to have everybody vaccinated, especially in a healthcare setting. I think it's essential. Yeah, because in, in a situation where people say, what about restaurants? What about shops? What about buses? And tra-? You know, a lot of those activities are fairly discretionary. You know, if you if the Lewis is too crowded, you don't get on. Yeah, exactly. Or you move yeah. to a different place in the Lewis or whatever. If you go into a shop and you don't like the cut of yeah. 10 people not wearing masks, 
it's discretionary. But yeah. if you're well, in distress and you're in and hospital... And you're going to be vulnerable. If you're in hospital, there's something wrong with you. You know, and your yeah. immune system might be weak. You might have diabetes. You might have a heart condition. You're a vulnerable person, you see. And the one thing you don't want is to be getting infected by a healthcare worker, isn't it? Let's face it. So, so it's a bit of a strange one. I think that at the moment, the plan in Ireland is just keep, keep banging the drum. Secondly, don't put the healthcare workers on the front line. You know, deploy them elsewhere, maybe. But in some places, Pat, they're getting really hard on this. They're firing people in New York in healthcare settings who won't get vaccinated. That, that's how stringent. And I was in at, at a meeting two weeks ago and I met someone in New York and they said, we're doing that because we had a tough time with COVID. A lot of people died in New York of COVID. I remember the scenes. And so therefore, they're, they're going in really hard on that one. So it's interesting, isn't it? All right. Well, uh, so much still to talk about. Uh, every week there is something new in, in science, Mall being the latest. Uh, and that looks like good news globally, especially if Merck put it on the market at an affordable price. For exactly. Yeah. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Thank you very much for joining us. 